going. It's the first quarter of the big game. You want to toss up a Hail Mary. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. If you're good at something, never do it for free. I'd like to be pimps from Oakland or cowboys from Arizona, but it's not Halloween. Look, my friend, this is just where you and I differ. Grow up, Peter Pan. Don't chalk you up. If my answers frighten you, Vincent, then you should cease asking scary questions. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building... Well, one thing, Saxon Jacks, I'm Tim We have Andrew on the board. We have S&P Futures kind of in the crap hole here this morning. We've got him down 28 bucks. we got Dow Futures down 138 and ASF Futures down 122 um, Do we have uh, Professor Lawyer Lou? Well, I'm not a professor. I, I'll profess to being, uh, a lawyer. To being well, tired yeah. and cold. It uh, snowed here last night. So, Well, you know, we have the... Uh, now, if you were here last week, you'd have seen we were, what, 83 on Friday, 80 on Saturday, 34 on on Sunday and windy and rainy. Just saying. Yeah. Well you got a you got a taste of the Rocky Mountain Rocky Mountain weather where at least uh three or four times a year we get a you know a thirty degree plus temperature swing within within twenty four hours. So um uh, can you explain to me well can you explain to me anything that's going on? I, I I'm a guest that everything on this morning I'm looking at this article by uh, Catherine Clifford. Germany has shut down its last three nuclear power plants and some climate scientists are aghast. What they should be. What the hell are they doing? They're they're this is this is an ideological capture of uh, of Germany's political uh, leadership. Angela Merkel uh, began pushing this green energy agenda. If it is nuclear power green or what am I missing? Uh it is green. It it it's a zero emission zero emission power source, but the um the 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 people in charge who drive that energy policy are vehemently opposed to it. Progressives have been opposed to nuclear power from day one and the fact that it's a zero emission power source the fact that it can make up for, you know, whatever shortfalls you have in a in a renewable energy grid, um, just is lost on these folks. Uh, I saw this in Germany in in September. We were we were in traveling through eastern Germany, and the the these little villages and little towns we were going through were were basically all dark. And we were asking why is this, and they said, oh well, in part it's because of the uh, the natural gas shutdown from uh, you know from Nord Stream, but you know also in in large part because German energy prices are are going through the roof, and and it the one of the guys at a restaurant I we were dining at was was telling us that they are cutting down forests throughout Germany. Some in some cases trees that have been there for you know two hundred trees know, that are years. trees are eating CO two and providing oxygen. We're going to cut them down for 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 uh, that that makes zero sense. They are they were cutting them down to burn to to burn in their fireplaces to heat their houses. I can't think of anything it, stupider. Uh, it it I I I said wait a minute. The, never mind never mind just the 
release of CO2 you get from burning that stuff. Isn't the air pollution issue a, a problem when you have, you know, 15,000 people in one of these valleys all burning wood fireplaces? I would say, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And they said, yeah. And, and it's, but, but what do you, what are you going to do? It, wood cutting's allowed and, and it, it makes perfect sense now because of these, you know, the economic incentives. It, 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 as I said, you know, ideology, you could tell you're dealing with ideologues when their their plans confront reality and they and they fail and then the ideologue's response is not to say you know what i got to modify my plan their their response is i'm going to double down and and that's what's happening i mean chief never mind the never mind the the issues with uh just just the co2 Imagine the strategic implications. No, that's what, that's what I was kind of because they, they effectively make themselves more dependent on Russian gas by doing this. I mean, I, but walk me through this. I mean, you, you know who? <laughs> believe it or not, I don't know. If you, I think you listen to the show on some of the other days. Did it ever? Would you ever have guessed that Hal Professor Hal was a was a nuclear engineer? He was our, uh, what? Yeah, he's a smart guy. I, I, but he's uh, surprised me a bit. But you know, economists don't usually do other stuff. But he does. He was on one of the. Uh, uh, did, you, did you listen yesterday? He, I did not. He was on. Uh, they had two nuclear-powered cruisers, right? Way back in the day. Yeah. He was on one of them. And he was saying okay. how, if if you went to flank speed, the, the reactor was getting really old. The reactor couldn't couldn't do it, so you had. He's a, he was on it like when when the thing was aging before they took it out of service. He goes, it was pretty weird because they you didn't know if you could count on the thing to shoot up the flank speed or not. It was it was pretty interesting. Those those uh, those initial uh, reactors that we were putting on nuclear submarines and and on uh, you know some uh, some of our larger boats were uh, were masterpieces of technology and uh, and innovation. They well, really they were only. Uh, I'm gonna say two cruisers, three. That was it. Other than the aircraft carriers and the subs. Yeah, those were and, the only. And, you know, and and in large part, they they discontinued it because the of of political pressure and and safety issues, and and you know the nuclear power became this gigantic, this gigantic you know disaster for uh, or a potential disaster just just waiting to happen, and. Uh, it, it completely disregards the fact that the technology on these reactors has changed dramatically. Why? 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 Why do we refuse? I mean, Carl's talked about something with a, a liquid sodium and things like yeah. that. They don't. Why? They're, they're sealed. They don't. They don't. You know. You. You. You basically. There are reactors now that they've got that'll. You know, will fit comfortably in a shipping container. They're completely sealed, and they they work for like ten years. You, you can pick them up, drop them, plug plug directly into the power grid. They provide enough power for like ten thousand homes for ten years. Well, I mean, what is? But now here in this article, and this, this lady, we've uh, we've we've uh, read some of her stuff before. This Catherine Clifford, and she's really good. Uh, I think. I mean, uh, you know, one man's opinion. But if I'm going to quote somebody, I always like to say who the hell they are. Does that make me a luddite or what? You actually tell people where you've got your your stuff. What what is? What is sort of the the truth here, though? We've got, I say we. They, 
you put a, you put a plant up and they're supposed to have a you know give it a forty five year life, right? It's, it's allegedly designed that way. Well, of course, as you go on, you learn some stuff and you can extend it. Now these were these plants are considered to be at the end of quote their useful life, and then but then she says with the right amount of this and that, they could last another 40 years. Well, that, that seems like kind of a lot. When you, I mean, is the first estimate wrong, or is it you just learned so much along the way? Or It seems like there's a 45-year bulge there. What is the truth? I mean, I know, I know the ones here, uh, Commonwealth Edison used to run, and now that somebody else runs them, they were supposed to be, you know, recycled, dead, whatever you want to call it, 10 years ago. And then when, when uh, maybe it was longer than that, Commonwealth Edison took over Allegheny, Allegheny has a lot of nukes. Evidently, the guys at Allegheny are geniuses, and and uh, not only making the old nukes better, but extending the life. And now, you know, yeah, it keep, keeping them up. Well, well, okay. So first of all, these things get are built with safety factor times ten into their, you know, into their construction. And, and what I mean by that is, is every single estimate on how long this is going to last, or or what, you know, how what what the life expectancy of this part is. Uh, is is the most conservative estimate they can come up with because they don't want you don't want to have a system uh, situation where one of these systems fails on you. Uh, so they were they were over designed and and you know put in with with an idea that yeah we'll, we'll give them a forty year life, but but the reality it, it's like it's like the Mars rover you know we'll give it a we'll give it a ninety day we'll give it a ninety day estimate. But the reality is, the thing can run for five years, and and if we if we have to do that, and and that's that's the way a lot of these plants were put together, and because of the very rigorous safety checks, and there need to be, I, I might add, because of the very rigorous safety checks and inspections that these things undergo all the time, they they can catch stuff, and and by in doing so, uh, you know, make repairs that that will extend the life of the facility. It's not a surprise to me. What, again, I think is inconceivable. <laughs> There's that word again. I don't think I know what it means. I think it's in, oh, it's inconceivable to me that somebody planning for the energy security of their country would basically in, uh, embark on a, a program that not only dramatically handcuffs their citizenry uh, in an economic sense, but strategically makes them rely on one of their most dangerous and long-term historic enemies. Yeah, that would those plants to me would be the, the three spots I don't have to worry about. <laughs> Yet they're, it's like I don't, I don't I don't even know how you how you even describe the stupidity. I mean, Chief, the same the same thing is happening in Great Britain, where they took down a bunch of their their uh, natural gas. And, and coal-fired plants for renewables, their energy prices tripled, um, and so they suddenly had to bring online because it, they had they had taken down a bunch of their facilities. They had to bring online a bunch of their old coal plants just to be able to supply electricity. It it really is a it really is a, a, a as I said it's a it's a question of ideological capture. Well, Nobody's, it's one thing to. To want to go green, and I, and I would love to see the day when we don't have to use coal anymore. But it's one thing to to go green; it's quite another when you're messing around with people like the Russians to tear the plant down. To, 
to mothball it, to use it one day a week just so you could use it if you had to. That I get. I mean, if you can use a windmill and something else instead. But the idea to, to, to blow the place up or tear it down so you can never use it again before, before you absolutely are sure you'll never need it again is pretty incredibly dumb to me. Uh, I, I agree, and this is, but this is the mindset. You know, we, we're not going to give you the option. That, that's, that's the government mindset. We're not going to give you the option of being able to, to turn around and say, oh, we have these gas-fired plants that are still available natural gas plant, fired plants that are still available uh, prices are going through the roof let's let's turn those things back on so that we can we can you know make our voters happy the sort of like daily, daily tearing up the runways it makes exactly it, that's exactly what it is the ideologues say no we don't want to give you the choice um, it, it it it's the functional equivalent of, of uh, what's happening out here uh, with uh, heat pumps. And what's happening in California with natural gas? By the way, a federal court just blew up uh, California's uh, restriction on on using uh, and, and uh, putting into place natural gas home heating and uh, and stoves on the on the grounds that it, it violates property rights. And uh, well, the latest now is you're not supposed to be able to give a a gas a gas fired chainsaw or lawnmower. Uh, well, that's that's been coming that's been coming for a while. But what what is one gallon? What's the difference? Uh, well, apparently it it offends the the sensitivities of the uh, the eco uh, Nazis to see somebody out there using a two cycle a two cycle engine, notwithstanding the fact that you know if you've ever used an electric uh, leaf blower or an electric lawnmower versus a gas-fired one, or an electric snowblower versus a gas-fired one, you know that you don't get nearly the power from the from the electric uh, device that you do. Especially, I, this is a this was an issue here in my, in my neighborhood where we've got some neighbors who are who are very progressive. They're they're lovely people, and I was talking to uh, the gentleman about about snowblowers because I had we we bought one. Um, and we had a last year. We had a 24-inch snowfall uh, that is not that uncommon here. And uh, he was he was out using his electric, and it it just couldn't just couldn't do it. And so he came over to borrow the the gas powered the gas powered snowblower, and and we were just talking about it. And he says, you know, they've made a lot of technology leaps in batteries and everything else, but the bottom line is, is I need to cut into a a 21-inch snowbank. Yeah, that yeah. thing is not going to do it. It doesn't have the torque. Well, you know, eventually, eventually we may get there, but why are we forcing you know choices like this on people? I, and okay. you know what the you know what the response is by by the by the eco folks? It's well, it's good for you to be out shoveling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> okay, I, right. I, I love the I love the once. But in I don't want to shovel. I love the one, once in a while to to stump the loo. We had this house in uh, Evergreen Park, it's, right? It's much, it's much easier than you're making it out to be. Well, I, we had this house in Evergreen Park, and this is, uh, we had, you know, the gas mower. Of course, my stepfather goes out, and he didn't want the gas mower that was the rotary. He had, or he wanted the one that looked like a regular hand push motor with the motor on top. You ever see one of those things? I don't think they've made them very long. They look like a regular push mower with the motor on top instead of the, the one that swings around sideways. Yes. Any, anyway, uh-huh. so we had one of those, and the thing was a pain in the ass. So all of a sudden he decides he's going to go get a, an electric one, you know. Back when, uh, so he goes out back. And I don't know if people remember back in the day before was it was named Chainsaw or Hacksaw Al, took over at Sunbeam. Sunbeam 
Chainsaw Al. Yeah, yeah. he made the, the place made like the best products of, of that you could find anywhere. And then Chainsaw went in there, Hacksaw, and he, and he fired everybody, and then he sold the place to somebody, and he was a total whatever. I'm sure he made money on the deal. But he was out and buys this big honking electric mower. It, was, it looked like a regular mower, you know, with the, with, the, with, the, with the big gas motor on top, only it was electric. And you plug, did, you, did you plug it in? Yeah, you plugged it in. And, and a cord, yeah. Okay. And with a cord. And, and it had the, you, I mean, people always were cutting the cord, and I could never figure out why they were, yes. that, they were that dumb. Because, I mean, you flip the handle over. So all you had to do is start where the, where the plug was, and every time you, you did a row, you flipped the handle over, and you, and you just moved away from the cord. You were never, anyway, I'm going to say, Lou, that thing lasted, we sharpened it every eight years. <laughs> I think it went to the estate sale. I think I think the thing's still running. It was, it was by far the best piece of machinery. I'm saying that we bought the damn thing. I'm going to say 1969. And I, but it, it, you know what? As a piece of electric machinery, it was way better than any gas one. But but that's and that's a perfect adaptation yeah. because you don't need it for for the average lawn. You know, you're not you're not going to need to have a mower that can chop down small trees. Right. But if you if you're in a lawn service where you're trimming you know all kinds of stuff, you you probably want something yeah. like it just because eventually you know at some point you're going to run up against a, a but you a can't lawn find that problem. You can't find one anything like this anywhere, even in this day that everybody has to have stuff electric. I mean, some of the stuff that Sunbeam made, people still have it and they're using it now. I don't know who they're you know who's after anyway. We're, enough about chainsaw, but I I have a question for you. I was reading the other day. To, just just to go back to your point. It green, green mentality and green ideology capture is some of the most powerful ideological. It, it's a religion. It really is for, for a lot of these people. It's a faith issue. You, you, the, the evidence doesn't doesn't bother them, and they believe because what they are doing is a moral choice. And by the way, this is something that that uh, progressives and conservatives alike try to do. They will try to couch whatever the campaign is in a moral position. We're, it's almost, so, it's almost, it's very similar. What is it going to get me in trouble? Eh, I don't give a crap. It's going to get me, it's, it's very similar to the uh, Muslims running a government. It's, it's, it's the religion. Oh, it's a, the, it's, it's a the, yes, it's theological. It's, 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 it's your religion taking over. And in this country, from day one, we've decided to be secular, and we still pretty much are in regards to the religion, but all these other things have become the religion. Yeah, well, it, we we've just replaced yeah. we've just replaced organized an organized theology with a with a deity and you know just all like, the church structure around it with with a, a this sort of mass psychosis. Uh, whether whether it's some whether, people would whether say it's religion L- was is anyway. Yeah, whether it's LGBT, whether it's it's woke, whether it's it's this that the other thing, whatever it is, yes. it, it it's become it's not it's not one thing to have something you know immoral, and I I'll, I'll you know I uh, will say. Unequivocally, as a as a Catholic, I am not a fan of abortion, but I don't I don't think it needs I don't think it should be a law. I, mean, I, I would like to see twelve weeks or something, or something sane. Uh, but I and I the, but the idea that you that you should tell people they can't take a morning and after pill, I, I would recommend that you don't. But that doesn't mean that doesn't give me the right to do that. But other people seem to they, they their whole life is spent telling other people what to do. It it is. It is a well. Don't get me started on this particular subject. Yeah. Because, uh, 
I know, but I'm saying it. But it, it's a question of whether things should be secular or whether things should be should they be a moral choice for you, or should they be, uh, you know, should they be emblazoned in the in the code? You know, is a question. Well, the, the the marker the marker that gets you on this, and you can you can sort of watch is you, you could tell it, it it starts to look like a religion because it attracts a significant number of people who want to tell other people what to do. Yes and how to think and and that that is a marker in my mind of, of a certain religious um, aspect and 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 the other aspect of it is that it faith drives you know drives 90 percent of your beliefs and you, you don't really respond to evidence or science or anything else right you just respond on on faith and in the face of reality uh, or evidence that you're your plan, as I said, your plan and your faith isn't working. Your your reaction is, I'm going to double down on the faith. Well, we only have a few minutes. Let's well, let's get one started here, a little regarding the uh, and, and this has there's a lot of economic theory in here, and that's what I kind of, what I kind of want to get with you on this. Not that you hold yourself up as an economic theorist, but you have some common sense. Uh, when, when you start talking about uh, monopolies and electrical and gas monopolies and things like that, there's there's a lot of different ways you can th- theoretically do it, okay? We we have decided in this country, you know, whether it's right or wrong, I don't know, we, we did it this way, and I, I guess it's worked. I think we've paid too much, and, and you see people on trial here in Illinois about, you know, whether Commonwealth Edison, uh, you know, was, was, was did, provided influence, got influence, you name it. And somehow, Lou, I was talking to my judge buddies last night, a big group because one of the guys died so it was a big group last night uh, there's this whole concept of these three people or four people from Commonwealth Edison on trial when the company pays hundred or a couple hundred million dollars of the shareholders money and everybody else is off the hook I- I'm appalled by that how how everybody on that board is not banned from a board for the rest of their life and a hundred thousand dollar fine and how that place all the management isn't isn't having some massive fines personally I, I don't get it. I mean, because I mean, how how can because it's it's going on today. It's just a different employee. I mean, if there are people, I mean, why why when they come to Madigan or anybody, if they were to say we really need this bill, and I go, okay, what if I actually knew something about the business, which I think Madigan probably did, say so, you know what, you're just asking me to give you bleeps, essentially a billion dollars, way more than you deserve. Well, what do you mean? Well, come on, I, I can add. Well, okay. What do you want? How about giving my 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 nephew who can't get a who can't get a job anywhere, you know, have him go sit in a truck someday and pay him all day long? Okay. Well, I, I guess it's a quid pro quo. But the why why is why, why why does the normal citizen not realize how much money is involved in in these transactions? And when you give somebody that is once you get out of how can I say this? Once you get out of a of a normal situation, I mean, if if you and I go into the buy buy a, a tank of gas and it's competitively priced, and we say to the guy, "I'm buying gas from you, you gotta you gotta kick me back 15 candy bars," and the guy goes, "I'm not, I'm barely making money on the gas. What are you talking about? It's it's a competitive price. Once stuff becomes not a competitive price, economic theory will tell you." There's there's money left in there. I'll, I'll use the term slop. All right, we all know it's there. 
I mean, we, we, anybody who, who thinks for a second knows it's there. That's where, that's why guys like Mayor Daley and people like that and that whole, they don't have money themselves, but they have money. And I'm not, I'm not accusing the mayor of doing this, you know, top and down. But the bottom line is, if if Lou Michaels gets a job for the Dan Ryan for twenty million bucks, that I know if we had a real serious auction would have been seventeen, with profit, you know, a real profit. I know there's three million bucks sitting there. Up in the air, that he that he, he'd love to keep, you'd love to keep, but really, you know, there's a little extra. So next week, if I if I have, I would never do it. If I had one of my peeps call you and say, you know, this Andrew guy, our producer, we like this guy, he's running for judge. They're having this little shindig. It's hundred bucks a ticket. How about ten tickets? You you write those. You write that thousand dollar check without even even thinking about, it, do you? And why don't you? Why wouldn't you? I mean, this is just, this is human relationship. That's why everything has to be somewhat of an auction, the right price. If the price is right, there's no money for graft, right? If, if there, if it well, is. yeah, I mean, I mean, so, so this is the, the slop that's in the, in these budgets since we, we are in these projects. And, and I'm, uh, let me default to something I do know something about, which is defense contracting. And, and so you come in and you say, all right, the Air Force comes in and they said, we're going to build um, a bomber, the B-1. Uh, and it's our estimates are it's going it needs to be able to do X, Y, and Z. And our estimates are it's going to cost, it's going to cost, you know, M. And, and the builder comes in and goes, or the Boeing people and Lockheed and everybody else bid on this thing. And, and they come in with, with a price that's, you know, M, M, plus one or something like that okay so the air force says we want this bomber they now go to congress they said okay we've got the bids and and here they are and we've awarded it to this company for m plus one and congress says we're not going to let you build the bomber it's too expensive which point the air force says we really want this bomber now it becomes and and we we do this with all kinds of, of systems what the air force says we really want this bomber we need to get it built. They go back to they go back to Boeing, who wins the contract at M plus one, and said, "Look, we we need you to spread this around a little bit because we need to be able to go to to thirty congressmen and say we want to build this bomber. And oh, by the way, part of it's going to get built in your district." What they're really so Boeing, saying is, we want our piece of the plus one. That's exactly right. And so Boeing now says, "Okay, well, if we have to subcontract." To to you know thirty different subcontractors, some of whom meet our standards, some of whom don't, and won't, because there we have to throw money at minority-owned businesses. We have to throw money at women-owned businesses. We no longer we no longer look at merit, a pure merit analysis, and we say who's going to not going who's going to give us the best product, but who can give us the best product in this congressional district. And what do we have to do to get that product from that particular congressional district up to our standards? So now instead of M plus one on the bomber, it's now M plus fifteen right. or oh, M yeah. plus twenty. And 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 because of the delays in sourcing, the pricing for the raw materials goes up. And so now it's M plus seventeen. And, well, and, and going, your your people back and forth with the lobbyists with Congress start to get an assessment of how much somebody else wants out of this deal and they keep adding it till finally at the end of the day it's twice as much as what it ought to be correct 
and and this is or or you know and 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 so that that's the external stuff happening at Boeing internally at Boeing they are saying okay this bomber needs to get built we've priced it at m plus one and now now we're looking at the original pricing we've priced it at m plus one but but we are we're going to be scraping by on m plus one so we have to figure out within that m plus one where we can make more money charging for certain parts or certain uh materials versus you know what you do lou you you a change order you say yes you, you really wanted this avionic system in here this other one's better but by the way it's two million dollars more a plane when it's really only two hundred thousand and that's how you get it exactly this is or or they just they just overcharge where where they can they think they can slot the money and that's why we ended up remember the two hundred dollar toilet seat on the C five yeah. Galaxy. You know what you know, the worst part is, Lou? We gotta go to break here, but I actually bid some of those out when I was at Pulma, believe it or not. Oh, I I I believe it. I I watched I've watched it as I said. But you know we but we should happen. But I was I was innocent and yet I did it. And when I say I was innocent, the part of the project was they were they said we you should you should give us a list of recommended spare parts. So being the dutiful knucklehead that I am, went around to the engineers while we were still building the stuff. I said, okay, what what should be the spare parts? And they go, well, you know, a couple of these things, these idiots are going to bump into something. So you want three or four locomotive caps, which were plastic on top of the steel. We should we should they should buy like three or four extra of those things. Where if someone gets banged up, he's putting one on. And there was something else, something else, this, that, and the other thing. There was, there was a list of probably 50 items on there, you know, lights and stuff that, that we were, you know, we were building. That was, we were building 60 of them. To build 64 of them would have been no big deal. Never got back to me. Never got back to me. Never got back to me. And I, and I, I was calling them, so I just sent them letters in those days. There was no email. Finally, they basically said they didn't want anything. So all the tooling is now out in the backyard, yep. for lack of a better term. And all of a sudden, these guys call up and they get, you know, all that stuff, we want it all. And I go, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> the the line's done. It's over. It's an empty spot yeah, in the geez, floor. This, you know. is, this, this is the story of the F twenty two again. Yeah. Something I know something about. Gates, the Secretary of Defense, which in an inexcusable move, stops production on the F twenty two back in the early either the early years of the Obama. I think it was the early years of the Obama administration, saying, you know what? I don't think we're going to need very many of these airplanes. Because there's nobody on the horizon that can keep up with us. Yeah, and and yeah. you know the defense establishment at this point is going hello China, hello Russia, and and but he just said it's too expensive. We're we're going to cut the production line, so it's gone. So the best airplane in the world, which we would love to have, you know we have 187 of them. I think we made. So we we can't we can't make any more of them. Oh, the, you the, could. You know, and, and you think you we could? You always could. You always could. It's just a question of how much. I remember to this day calling up the guy who made, because the, the cab cars had a bathroom in it, so so that was however many toilets, like you know, seven or eight. They were you know, the bathrooms were expensive. They're all stainless steel. They're built to last like a gazillion years. So I call the guy up and I go, "Hey, we need like one more toilet." The guy goes, "Don't even say that." He says to me, "You want what?" I go. He goes, we got to put a whole assembly line together, to, the whole dies and everything. You're out of your mind. We can't even so, get so there. So I want, I want after the break, I, I want to talk about 3D printing. All right, but before okay. we do that, I got, I still got, I started out trying to quiz you on Monopoly, so I got, I got your answer in on one side. SP Futures down 28, Nasdaq Futures down 124. Be right back. 
How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation of the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Right here, right now, right now. Hello, everyone. Thanks, Jackson. I'm Tom Andrew on the board. SP Futures down 27. NASDAQ Futures down 121. We had a couple earnings last night. IBM beat. They were up like four or five bucks. Now they're only up a buck uh, 46. Tesla, not so much. Down 20, 20% in the profits from last year. They're down 12.75 to 167.84. Um, so that's uh, what else we got leaning on the Dow. We got Goldman Sachs down 389. Uh, we've got American Express down 245. Apple down a buck 35. Nothing, 
The only thing kind of, like I said, green in the dial really is a IBM up a dollar forty-six, and they got like you know, Travelers up eight cents, but that's not a whole hell of a lot. Over in Europe, we've got tax. These guys were up marginally yesterday. Today, the DAX down one fourteen point seven percent. Foot's only down seven though, point one percent. They were the ones that kind of started the whole mess yesterday with their their very stubborn inflation numbers over there. We thought the inflation was going down a little bit, and it, it, the number yesterday showed it wasn't. So we were up in the morning, and then we turned down on that number. Kick around down 26, uh, down to 75.22. Over in Asia, we've got the Nikkei up 50 points, at 0.2%. Hang Seng up 29, call that flat. Shanghai down 3, so very quiet over in Asia. Uh, yesterday is a way of review. That was down 79, S&P down 35 cents, NASDAQ up 3 is again. We came up on the close. I think there's actually some mutual fund buying the last couple of weeks, because every day we see them on the close to leak up some. Um, so people, I think, maybe are taking money out of banks that aren't paying any interest and putting some of it anywhere in the market. Uh, ten year down three, three basis points to 3.57. The Bund down one, 2.49. Japan unchanged by 0.47. Oil down a buck 12. You know, back down under 80 pretty much, 78.04. Rent down 106 to 82.06. Natural gas unchanged 221. Arbob down two cents, 261. Arbob I think tapped out over 285. So we should be getting a little relief at the tank at the the pump this next week or two. We'll see if we do. Uh, gold up 720, 2014 again back over 2000. Silver up eight cents, 2546. Copper down three cents, 403. We've got Bitcoin down another 593. They were over 30,000, but not now 28,687. We have the U.S. dollar, which has been driving a lot, almost unchanged today. The euro is up 12, so it's down a little bit against the euro, 109.7. The pound is to- totally unchanged at 1.24. And what do you have for us, traffic, weather, sports? All right, it is uh, 6.43 here in Chicago on uh, April 20th. Starting off with some sports, uh, just a little bit of baseball today. Last night, the Diamondbacks lost to the Cardinals, ending their game 14-5. And the Cubs won over the Athletics and in their game, 12-2. The hapless Athletics. What was that? The hapless Athletics. Yeah. <laughs> but over to Chicago weather, it is currently 60 degrees, cloudy skies. Going to have a high of 78 today and maybe just a little bit of rain, but percentages aren't too high for that. Uh, over in Phoenix, they're at 58 degrees, mostly clear skies, and they're going to have a high of 85 today. Now, finally, for Chicago traffic, uh, things are crowded, but about the usual today. Uh, expect pretty heavy delays on the inbound Eisenhower and the outbound just a little bit too. And on nearly all major expressways, there are some areas in the red, some delays, but it looks like thankfully no accidents to report. Just a lot of people going to the same place. So that's all I got. Back to you, Chief. Lou, uh, real quick, because we're not going to do uh, economic theories, plus I want to talk about what you want to talk about. Uh, but when you start, we start talking about uh, monopolies in the sense of utility companies and stuff, there's several different ways to design these things. I mean, this is coming straight from uh, Milton Friedman because when he gave a couple classes on this, I was I was very uh, interested because he was a very free market sort of dude. Some of which would work, you know, some maybe wouldn't. But when, when you when you set up a take Commonwealth Edison for instance, please take him. Uh, but when you when you have your power plants in the city, you know, there were one was in Pilsen, one was you know, they were real close the coal plants. And you had lines to your places downtown, to your, you know, your whatever your uh, stockyards. It was maybe made sense to give the whole ball of wax to one person, 
both the plant, the distribution system, the meter in the house, the whole stuff. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't, but, but the fact is that's the way it came out. An alternative way of doing it, one of them would be, okay, wait a minute. Lou and Chief are going to be the, are the deputy mayors, and we're going to say, look, because essentially you give Commonwealth Edison a monopoly of putting the wires either in the alley up, up on the poles, because you're not going to have five different poles. You're going to give them a monopoly because there's only been one pole in the alley, one transformer, and you say, okay, we're giving you that, and we'll, and we'll regulate the rates somehow. You know, a bunch of BS there. You, another way to do it, uh, Lou, if you were designing this from day one, would say, whether it's the gas company or the electric company, look, since it's our alley, we're going to put up the poles. We're going to put up the wires. We're going to have some guys that, that go out for bid on the transformers. And, oh, by the way, we're going to have people that bid to put electric in one end of the system and, and run the system. So if we want X number of kilowatt hours from you, we're going to do this by bid, and you're going to input, quote, our system. But the system's going to be owned by the people and not by Commonwealth Edison, or the, the lines underground are not going to be owned by People's Gas. They're going to be owned by the city because we're under our street. You could do it that way, and you could actually do so many different blends in there. Well, as time has gone by, what a lot of the environmentalists don't seem to get because they only, all they care about is their own, you know, there's no common sense there, is the distribution system is now totally separate really from who's got the power and I was reading last week Lou that uh, well, I've been reading for 20 years how there's nothing but fights over the quote grid because it's a question of whose ox is being gored and whose money is it that goes in it and I was reading last week that there's something I don't even know what the gig is gig is something somethings that there's like <clears throat> 2200 you know gig of somethings of power in this country yet the grids can only handle like 1300 so there's a huge, I'll use the term, fight between, <clears throat> say, Camelot Edison, my favorite whipping boy. Um, if you and I put up a wind, a wind wind farm in South Dakota, and all of a sudden it blows, the wind blows all the time up there, and we're just, we got nothing but power. Well, <clears throat> the lines from South Dakota to Illinois, say, need to be upgraded. There are old lines, and the new lines are three times efficient. But whatever it is, <clears throat> Camelot Edison is going to say, I don't give a crap about the line going through Wisconsin. We've got all the stuff here we need at the price we're happy to charge. By the way, we're making a fortune. I don't care if you're willing to sell it to us cheaper or not. Now the question is, should the model change? Since we're, we're, we're dragging power from all kinds of different directions, should we go back to, you know, like how to say, should the, quote, government own the distribution system and the power companies just... I mean, it's worth a thought. I mean, because I don't see how you're ever going to get Commonwealth Edison and some power company in Wisconsin to agree to upgrade a line that Commonwealth Edison doesn't care about. Even though, if they did care about it, the power would be cheaper here because they're just as happy charging more. I mean, is is the model broken, I guess, is what I'm asking you. I I don't know if the model is broken, but but what I see happening is that you know the model is being the model is being manipulated and and tortured to provide a, a specific outcomes that that your regulatory people and some elected officials want want to have happen either want to have or don't understand <clears throat> yeah well I, I i i think they just i think they just want uh 
again, we're talking about a religious religious movement here. So we believe that this is the this is the way of the future, and and oh by the way, we can make a lot of money out of it, and we can get a lot of influence out of it. So you know because because it favors our our church. Um, so so we're gonna we're basically gonna move in a direction that we'll let we'll let you know Conet or or who Comet or whoever have have control of of these assets, but it's gonna be control under a regulatory structure. That effectively turns them into a a monopoly of the state, which is Th- what they are. Is, it's what they are, right? And this is this is you know this is the move towards sort of a classic fascist kind of kind of system, or or I mean in its in its later stages in its more complete stages, you know it becomes a, a communist or a, a, a an authoritarian socialist kind of system that that we know doesn't work. Because command-directed economies don't work, and and this is this is the direction we're we're sort of heading. Well, yeah, but you also are in this situation where you really don't want it five gas lines under the street. No, no, you you want to you want to take advantage of, of some efficiency, and I and I and I get that. Um, th- there's a there's a medium a medium ground in there somewhere. Well, how much? But, before we, I'm going to give you eight minutes to talk about what, what you want to talk about, at least I can do for you, but my, I guess my question is, what combination, here's a tough one, Lou, what combination of, of basically just getting paid off, what combination of our regulators not knowing, not, not being the sharpest knives in the drawer, and what, and, and our politicians, I mean, one of our, our well, good friend of mine, and I think you know who I'm talking about, one of our, our uh, Federal Reserve guys had a big, sit, he was sitting in front of Congress, of course I gave him no other grief about his new suit that he bought in a white shirt, and how he looked like an undertaker. But you know, <laughs> I don't think he appreciated that too much. I said, "It looks like it's your bereavement counselor suit." But I, but he's sitting in front of Congress, and they're talking about something totally esoteric about giving exchanges access to the Federal Reserve instead of having to go through a bank. And the theory behind it, and bank. Anyway, so this guy's brilliant. And I said, "You're talking to these twelve guys." I said, "Did anybody have any idea what you're talking about?" He goes. He goes. The guy who was the the uh, what do you the staffer for the chairman knew exactly what I was talking about. So he was in the chairman's ear. So the chairman sort of knew what I was talking about. It's the other guys. Why they were even there, I have no idea. And yet they're all asking these really stupid questions, taking up time. I mean, how much of it is our guys? I don't really expect. You know, you know, Mike Quigley's a pretty smart guy, or Danny Davis. Do they, do they really even understand the vagaries of of the of the Commonwealth Edison and the and who should be paying for the do they have staffers that do, or do they, are they just clueless on the whole thing, or are they just the first lobbyist that walks in with a check they believe in? It? I mean, how does it not work or work, or it just doesn't work? I, I don't. This stuff's pretty complicated I, I, stuff. I, I mean, generally, you know what I what I when when we were, if I was working in this kind of an, an environment and and I I could drag this I can drag this to my my lead in about three D printing. Yeah. Um. I, I told I would tell people, look, I'm not an expert on on the, this. I want this reduced to you know a 25 se- a 25 word presentation. You need to tell me in 25 words or less, or or some you know variant of that, how this works and what the best choices are, and let me let me assess it. Um, and if you can't explain it to me, then I don't want to listen to you because because you're you're not. You're not going to make a sale 
I'm the guy who's got to make the decision. I'm not the expert. You need to put it in the context that I can understand so that I can make the best decision from a, you know, an economic perspective or whatever. The, the problem is that frequently the, the decisions don't get couched in terms of this makes the most economic sense. The decisions are couched in terms of this makes the most political sense because here's how you're going to be able to spread the wealth of this particular project around to your your contractors and your friends and and whatever and and this is how uh your your political career benefits from this project versus you know here's the best here's the best economic solution and this makes the most economic sense because it it it's going to be provide us the best product at the cheapest price that, well, it'd it run like a business. It's just the business of politics, not the business of that, business. That's exactly right. It's like healthcare. Yeah. You know, who's the customer in healthcare? It ain't you. No. It's the insurance company, and so and so the service that gets provided is is aimed at satisfying the the customer. Well, it's like not, it's like if you, you it's like if you're paying no commissions, you're no longer the customer, and people don't get that. That that's precisely right. So three D printing. So so dragging dragging back to the the point that we were making about. You know, shutting down production lines and whatever. So, uh, in, in a previous life, one of the things that I did was I I was the the CEO of a 3D printing res- design operation. Was that totally torpedoed because of COVID? Yes. Yeah, our investors pulled out. Um, and and so that the genius of that program was that you could go to and and this was this was one of our business uh, models. We were gonna we were gonna start talking to people who were the owners of large amounts of equipment that was no longer being serviced by the original producer, specifically the Soviet Union. And and we were going to be able to go to them and say, look, you have equipment that, that is outdated, but still functional. But it needs certain types of spare parts. It needs things that... that it, and you can't get it from the Russian Federation or the, the way... You know, to, to give you an example, so Indonesia buys a bunch of Sukhoi fighters for its air force, you know, and 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 MIGs, a couple of old the old MIG 29s, and uh, you know the aircraft, they buy a maintenance contract with it and all this, but you know the aircraft start breaking down because they're they're made and serviced by by technicians with with you know not great training or whatever, so you know the Russians say, well, these aircraft need to be overhauled. Um, and it's going to cost you, you know, twenty million an airplane, which which you bought by the way for fifteen million. Yeah. It's going to cost yeah. you twenty million an airplane to fly them back to Russia for the overhaul. Inflation, we'll inflation, inflation, overhaul. inflation. You know. Well, well, and so what the Russians say is, instead of instead of repairing them, junk them, and we'll sell you brand new airplanes for for twenty million. So instead of having to fly the airplanes back for overhaul, you get a new airplane. And and this this. It frequently is is not acceptable to to customers. They want the parts. They want the ability to control this. And three D printing, it's it could be expensive, but three D printing gives you the ability to come in and say, okay, we've got this part. We're not manufacturing it any. It's not being manufactured anymore. But I've got the part right here. I can get a laser scan of it, a three D scan of it, and I can print and replicate that part. What, know, is, and, what and, is what uh, is a stupid question? Is is the is the making the part the problem, or the, is the material the problem, or both? 
Um, it, it can be both, but I mean, the genius of a 3D of a, of a full scale 3D printing operation. When I say full scale, I mean design, you know, metallurgy, and and then and then production, is that you can take a, a part that you know was made out of some you know some material because of because of the way it had to be produced back in 1960 or 1970 and a 3d printer could say you know i can make that out of a of an alloy well can't you do that some of that is, and just a regular one of these machines now that actually do the the, the stamp and the shaving and all the other stuff i mean some of the parts you can just do in a machine right if you put the, yes some of the parts you, some of the parts you can do in machines and those generally are those generally are cheaper to produce than a 3d printer but a 3d printer can do stuff that that that's your multi-axis uh forge or multi-axis uh uh you know cutting machine can't can't do okay and moreover and the 3d printer can do it with different alloys so so you can you can come in and say fine i can replicate that that connector or whatever i can replicate that or i can custom design it so that it will fit this particular this particular device. I can make it out of an alloy that is better, will last longer. It's going to cost you a little bit more, but it's better. It'll last longer. Is this, and, is this and better better than the uh, the replicator on the, on the Enterprise? It's it's the precursor to the replicator on the Enterprise. <laughs> so so the design operation that that I was overseeing basically looked at these old parts and said, okay we can make this so that it'll fit in your machine we can replicate it but we'll do it out of a different material instead okay, of better instead probably. of steel yeah we'll we'll make but it some out of the, a, some we'll of the stuff you a, could a composite of aluminum and ceramic some of the stuff probably you could have just thrown in the blacksmith shop at, at Pullman where the old guys with the lathes and everything could, could get you a couple of them if you gave them a couple of days but that's not what you're looking for you're looking for something faster and, and more of them right Yes, and, and and in some cases custom designed. Yeah. So so you have to you have to and, and, and you can as I said you can replicate it with with the, the original material or you can replicate it with new material. You can alter the shape the the design of it so that there's a lot less material needed to make it. It'll be just as strong. Just as anyway, that's where 3D printing comes in to solve a lot of these problems in terms of the planned obsolescence that we were talking about. So how come you're not one of the uh... The lawyers on this this Fox thing, this, this next company has got to be salivating how much they're going to get. This smart smart. I prayer. I don't know. And I I I saw a smart, very smart lawyer last night say something that I thought was good. He said, "There's th- this case was not worth eight hundred and sixty-seven million dollars. So there's something that that we don't know about." I was I was asking my guys last night, lawyers, judges, a couple of them were kind of all over it. They were did I, I, somebody, one of our listeners. Sent me something. I, I damn near, I must have lost it, like the idiot that I am. That uh, in the last few weeks, some smoking gun came out of the discovery with one of the other suits, not this suit. Was was it this, the Smart Tech or the other the other voting firm? It, it was it was something came out of one of the other discoveries that impacted this case and caused these guys to settle that. I think know? I think it was I think that was the uh, the cell phone of some former producer, right? That, that something they happened, found yeah, yeah, and that had that had she had recorded a bunch of a bunch of meetings on it, and there was there was some fairly incriminating but, stuff. But on did it there. turn? Was, was it the discovery with these guys or the next guys? Uh, well, she had a suit going. She had her own separate lawsuit ah. on on this, you know, sexual harassment going against the company, and I, I think that's where it okay. came out. All right, Luke. Thank you very much, buddy. SP Futures down 32, Nasdaq Futures down 142. Be right back, Mr. Dan Janitas. 
This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. There's something happening here. Blowing up at Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howell. And we're on the board. SP Futures down 33 now. That's the lowest we've seen it or during the show. Anyway, NASDAQ Futures down 139. Do we have uh, Professor Dan? Yes. How are you, buddy? Good. How are you? All right. Uh, I don't know. I think we were probably a little long for everybody this morning. We've been doing pretty good with that for the last couple of weeks. I don't know about today necessarily. Uh, it doesn't look so good, does it? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely um, some pressure in the market. It's kind of actually showing itself in a very odd way there's been a sort of a a uh, some risk aversion here in the last few weeks specifically to those less liquid parts of the market so some of the micro cap stocks that we've talked about on here and the smaller cap stocks the bid to offer spread has widened in a couple cases we've seen some significant sell-off in the stock price but not for any fundamental reason mostly because I think investors are, are shy um, to additional risk. That being said, you're absolutely right that the general market has done well year to date. 
both equities and fixed income. And and it's it's um, I think been a particularly good time for fixed income. High yield has done particularly well. Um, that that spread between that difference between the yield that you get on the high yield bond and the yield that you get on a treasury of a comparable maturity has continued to narrow. And that gap, that narrowing tells me, having been a high yield manager for 37 years, through a lot of ups and downs, that we're not really anticipating, the market is not really anticipating this recession that we continue to hear over and over again. So as I've mentioned, we've seen that recession already. We're in a contractionary period, a period of, of slower growth, but there's still a lot of money out there. And that, that's, you know, testament is the, is the market, the financial markets, there are still people putting money in. But one thing that I would distinguish um, today and in, in the last few weeks in particular, is that people are putting money in but they're looking for those larger cap, more liquid names. They're not, there is some risk off in, in the investments that, that people have been making recently. And it's not necessarily tied to the credit crunch as, we, as it's referred to. Um, that is going along you know, at the simultaneously. It's tied more towards, again, partly being at that point in the cycle and the, and the interesting thing, Tom, is if you look both at the equity market and the fixed market, one thing they do have in common right now, whether you're looking at stocks or bonds, is that you can still buy a decent company on the equity side at a decent discount, or at least at a discount to where they've been trading and certainly at a, a better price for a decent company. So you don't have to go down in, in credit quality you don't have to go down in in um, you know market capitalization to find some good companies that have traded off, and we've talked about some industrial companies that had you know 20, 30 percent sell-offs in the last month that look like screaming buys right now. All right, Dan. Here's a as you, by the way, thank you very much for for that opening because that's right where that's right where I wanted to go. Sometimes I think you read my mind. It's a little scary, but uh, <laughs> all the way from Florida. Um, yeah. Some of the stocks that you have identified, because, I mean, this is not an accusation. I think this is, you, you, you live in the mid-cap world, and you find places in there that are diamonds in the rough. It's pretty much. Not, not like you don't know who NVIDIA is. You obviously do. But, uh, but And I think what you're showing, I'm looking at the, the graph of the, of the Russell here, the IWM. Well, the, the smaller Russell. And... Uh, your your guys have gotten their ass kicked in the last two months. The Russell's down from 200 to 176. Matter of fact, it's pretty much unchanged on the year. Right. Unlike the equity market, right? Well, but when you uh, say the equity market, where I'm going to is my buddy Larry here, who works with us. You met him when you were here. And uh, he actually does all the trading for me. He, he was showing me something that somebody did. A, somebody sent him a study in, in the S&P, not even the QQQ. Yes, and P right. That if you if you if you took out eight stacks, you're actually down two percent on the year. Ah, interesting. You know, so I mean, it, when when you when it's when it's so narrow like this, um, you have to ask yourself, is that healthy or not? Because I mean, I, I have clients that <laughs> you have some of the same people. They'll call up, and matter of fact, I'm talking to you know a couple guys today, and I'm sure they're going to say, you know, how come we're not doing as well as quote the market? And I'd say, well, you have. 15 stocks here that aren't the five 
you know, and you don't want me to sell them. You don't want me to do anything with them. They're just not doing as well as the five, <laughs> you know. Or, you know, you have the five, and now they're up so much, nothing else is. Do you want to lighten up in there? It, these are very difficult conversations to have with people because it's really odd that it's happening this way. Dan. I mean, it's not. It's not like I fully understand it. When I, you know, okay, why? Why on the way up here is it the same? Five stocks that got their ass kicked last year. And if you, I mean, this year, if you're not in NVIDIA, you're not in Microsoft, you're not in those stocks, you're not up. Right. And, and I absolutely agree with you. And it, it, it's it's a, you know, the, the, the mega or the or at least the large cap or mega caps that, that sold off and predominantly in technology um, last year. And so those are, to some people, believe it or not, they consider those um, higher quality. I mean, they are higher quality relative to other companies in their sector. But are they really higher quality relative to, say, an industrial company or a company that's been around for, uh, you know, 50 or 100 years that continues to uh, be well managed and have free cash, you know, free cash flow positive? So those, there has been a, um, yeah, movement, and it's been, as you're saying, in specific stocks. But what I guess the point I wanted to make is that on the bond side, it's been quite different. What's been similar is that there's been a little bit of this flight to quality, but part of the reason for that is the yield story that we've been talking about for three years. And yields, you know, we were, we've been buying four-month T-bills at 520. Right. And you can do that all day long, and you can actually, we've set up cash accounts for some of our clients where you can actually trade um, T-bills, actively trade T-bills. It's not a buy and hold strategy, but as the yield goes up, you can take those, you can buy those ones on that part of the, the short-term curve that are that are giving you 520 and sell those ones that are now at 470. And so there is a way to continue to add value there. On the high yield side, we keep hearing everybody saying, oh, you know, the market isn't, you know, there's a risk off trade and all that. Not the case. Um, spreads have widened out from a trading point of view, but these companies are still doing well. They're reporting good earnings. They still have lots of free cash flow, and we have not seen a sell-off. We've, we've seen a sell-off from day to day, but in the last few weeks, we've definitely seen strength in the high-yield bond market, and that tells me, again, that we're not in this you know, horrible recessionary period that some people are predicting. Because I believe, having done high yield for so many years, that the high yield market is smarter than the equity market, and they t it tends to anticipate. So for, for the spread um, of, of high yield over treasuries be to be down to 438 today from 480, which is the average, that tells me that the market is not expecting a lot of defaults, and as a result, buy the bonds where you can get that yield right now. We can buy a one-year bond of a company called One Main Financial, and the, the coupon is six and an eighth. Uh, the bond matures on March 15th of 2024, and you're getting an excess of 8% yield to that, you know, less than one year, if you will. It's nine, I mean, 11 months. This company on the equity side has more bullish recommendations from the street. And if you like the stock, which has gone up in the last few weeks, you gotta love the bonds. So for some reason, what's those the, bonds what's the, what's are the still, ticker? What's the ticker symbol again? OMF on the stock, OMF on the bonds, 
but I would be in the bonds getting a little more than 8% for less than a year. And it is a consumer finance business. They do um, loans, predominantly auto loans, but the auto loans are backed by the actual cars. Um, it's a business that has, I'm actually going to go and visit one of their offices locally here today. The auto loans are, um, backed, are backed by the cars that people bought 10% over a list. <laughs> Good luck yeah, with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good luck with no, that one. Actually, no, the loan itself, the, the loan itself has, has collateral, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so yeah. It's, that in itself makes it a little more, but I, yeah, I agree with you on that. Hold on to the, hold on to those cars a little longer right now and certainly hold off, off on, on the, um, you know, looking at the EVs for a little while, you know, as well, although prices have come down, I still think there's a, you know, there's going to be time, a better time to be purchasing. And uh, yeah, that, you know, and in fact, another thing, Tom, I don't know if you've noticed this um, there, but here we're just seeing this, what I would consider rapidly increasing inflation in certain areas. Without still. a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. It's in like the food prices, restaurant prices, trying to get a hotel in Chicago. You know, a lot of people are putting your city down, which I, I don't think, and it gets mad when they put, it gets me mad when they put your city down, but uh, 350 to 400 for an average hotel. You see you the know, video, see the videos of uh, last Saturday night. Uh, you can see where people are coming from. But there's still, those hotels are sold out in the city for this summer. I mean, it's crazy that people are paying top dollar and it's not just Chicago. It's, you know, it's obviously New York, but it's also cities like Seattle and, um, you know, the Bay Area that's sort of, you know, not on everybody's top, you know, list right now, just, you know, paying four and $500 for a, just an average hotel to be able Plus to stay I'll, I'll bet you, I bet you could get into an Oakland game if you wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of like the comfort, you know, especially when I'm traveling for business. It's, you might even get your own might even get your own personal possum sitting next to you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think the the message I'm saying is just that, and and I'm just seeing glimmers of uh, some some businesses and small businesses being impacted by this. But but the, this rapid increase in whether it be food prices, we're seeing gasoline prices go up here in Florida. Uh, lately, and that's partially, um, you know, a, a unique situation, a short-term situation. But we, you know, this is that time of year, right, where we, we, we you know, we travel; those travel expenses go up. I just don't remember seeing these kind of crazy. Dan, how bad? Price increases. Last month, we didn't. We didn't get a chance. I went through with a couple other people, so it was ad nauseum. But the CPI and the PPI last month. I don't know if I did talk about it, but I forget who I talked stuff with. Uh, last month, the CPI, the actual energy increase was 1%, gasoline as well. The adjustment, some some bump somewhere adjusted it down 4.6%. Yeah. So, okay, so that, so that was in last month's number. Now, this month, at my stations, and uh, uh, I get gas the burbs on the weekend, they're up 15% in the last two weeks, three, three weeks. They're up in 360 to 420. So I guess that's... 12% or something. Okay, now now the adjustment that shouldn't have been there in the first place, plus this increase, is going to yes. be in this next month number. How, how bad? You know what I'm kind of noticing here? And, uh, and again, I, as you know, I, I like to, I cook for everybody. Uh, you can go buy chicken, pork, even, even beef on sale 
and you, you're not you're almost not you're not that much off from pre-covid prices you're up a little bit but anything that's processed whatever it is if it's if it's cereal if it's packs of you know the fake mashed potatoes that used to be a buck now they're a buck 45 on sale at a buck 30 and this is all in six pork sausage is now 450 a pound instead of three anything that anybody touches is is through the roof but yeah you can actually just go you can go buy the pork shoulder for a buck and a half if it's on sale for a pound right you know, it's, yeah and that's yeah i'm seeing the same thing and i think uh, well, i think there's two things one is the, pr- the prices we're seeing now are, are some of the typical pre-summer especially when it comes to um say restaurants definitely hotels uh air air travel you know if you look at a number of the airlines they've just automatically given a 15 or 20 percent increase to the entire summer um and they're saying the flights are sold out i don't know if that's the case but but the but it is some of it is pre-summer but it, but you're right i think part of the the uh, the manufacturing facility for i mean the manufacturing process for processed foods if you will is is more involved in that it's more people you know more people are involved in the process and more materials are involved in the process so you're you know, with with the uh, the additives and all that, those are you know the been increases in those prices, and actually just putting together those products. But but um, yes, that's that's absolutely the but case. Dan, why why uh, out of curiosity again? I'm sure I'm sure he's not giving you crap. Why why does it somewhat shock you that on the theoretical level, we both agree that the way this money came down. That just about all of it landed, not all of it, but a big chunk of it landed in the the lap of I'll say ten percent, five percent, one percent of the people. And yet here it is a year later, and both of us are kind of stunned that some people seem to be able to pay five hundred dollars a night for a hotel room without blinking an eye, and other people are going, I could never do that. I mean it's it's stunning what it, it's it's playing out exactly what you and I have been talking about theoretically yes. for two yep. years. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly, exactly playing it's, out. It's, it's not really if if you think about it from the from you know say the administration's point of view, and I don't necessarily want to talk too much about the administration, right. but their their outlook you know was really to sort of bring things more in line. In other words, to to make things more affordable for people, and it's really it's worked in the total opposite. Um, it's kind of broadened that that gap, if you will, between those who have and those who don't. But even at this conference I was at in Palm Beach with a lot of local Palm Beach people um, as investors, talking and, and, and just you know talking to a lot of these people who had recently moved from New York, and these are like some really top-notch people in terms of income, you know, high, very very high income level, that weren't even afford, able to afford to live on the island. They're, they're living in West Palm Beach in neighborhoods that you know I wouldn't live in just because you know there's they're close to areas of high crime and you know certainly not convenient and all that and further from the beach and so so it's interesting that the shift has happened and people are you know wanting to go on with their plans but in in some cases even at the higher level higher income levels people are having to make sacrifices there still has to be some price compression we still have to see some price contraction in order for the economy to be operating i think in a better in a in a you know, in a more stable um, environment, and you're right. You hear the, the the news and the anecdotes on some of the financial networks saying that, oh yeah, I'm seeing, you know, inflation subside. It's come down big here, and 
I just keep saying I'm not, no. and none of the companies I'm talking to, which are quite a few, and they're the CEOs of quite a few companies across a lot of industries, and their material costs, their labor costs, their SG&A, all of their expenses are higher. Now their top line might be doing a little better, but their margins are getting squeezed just because of the cost, and the costs aren't going to come down, I believe, until more people get back to work. And until we have a repricing that makes this all, um, you know, get us get, gets us back to a to a more normal, if you will, um, price point and a more affordable price point. Uh, more importantly, then the, the interesting point you your observations are always first of all, I always think spot on. Even though I have to disagree with you once in a while, just to make good radio. Uh, the the but have you ever seen? I'll be nasty, a goat bleep like this where there's money piles into the system. We don't know where it's going. It keeps spitting out in all these different areas. You don't know who got it. We have a, you know, you can complain about this administration when the last one, the amount of money that was tossed out in COVID, everybody got a check, okay, which is, is so far in the rearview mirror now you can't even remember. It was like, you know, it was, it was like it was like having to pee six months ago. You, you forgot about that one, right? <laughs> it's like, uh, it's it, yet, and you look at the bond one out the, for the was the PPP, and you yes. can go through you can go through the Illinois numbers, and you're horrified at the places that got this kind of money that never shut uh. down, never. Anyway, but the the thing that is really horrific, all that money, the checks to people, and the PPP, were something like twenty five percent to thirty percent of the entire money given out. The other seventy went someplace. And and I mean, Dan, there's people that got this dough that are never looking back. And and those are the yes. people that I don't care how much the hotel room is, five hundred, how much is the suite? Seven hundred, I'll take that. I don't think we even have a I, mean, I think you have a sense of it, but I and so do I. But I don't even I don't think either one of us, even though we're we're more attuned to this than most people, I don't think we have a clue at how big when I mean, you look at these people from United Airlines. They were bailed out the second time in 20 years. Yes. After a 10-year period where all they did, every single penny that they made in profit, Dan, they bought stock back. They didn't buy cash one friggin' plane. And yet all of a sudden they're down, they're out of business again after a month of COVID. And how much do you think we gave those people? They never missed a paycheck. We gave gave them dough to, uh, to keep everybody employed. They made everybody retire. They didn't. Right. They, they, they didn't pay attention to any one of the rules that people. You know, and so many people broke the rules. And I, I'll, I'll say yes. this. I'll That's say this real quick. You know, we. You know. You know. We have a small firm, and by and you know the last thing we want to do is take a dime. It's not ours. It's, it's just not in our, our DNA. So this thing comes out the PPP. Now, of course, Chicago between the riots and the COVID, we're the only people in the building. I only could get to work and do the show because I knew. One bridge they didn't close because we're the post offices. So I'm sneaking in there, going through the National Guard checkpoints. So were we impacted? Yeah, you know. But of course, since we're a business that is, uh, uh, what's the one? We have to stay in business like a bank, a brokerage firm. Right. Um, so we, yeah, we're essential business. We we get less stuff than the people who are unessential, which is even more bizarre. Essential right. business that has to open got less money than a restaurant. So we we applied. Uh, for the PPP, we get we got a little bit because my brother was the most honest creature that ever walked. He says, you know, because it was supposed to be what ninety percent that you had to uh, uh, was in salaries, right? It had to be salaries. So we 
we even buffered that, you know, so we didn't even do the salaries, even though we have five people. And uh, so as time goes by, the, the government figures out that everybody's cheated, basically, except us. And so as time, I don't know if you remember this, as time goes by, they, they, instead of putting everybody to friggin' jail, they said, okay, you can use now 10% of it can be rent. Uh, make, right. that, make that 20%. Another 10% can be miscellaneous. Well, it gets to the point where you're down to like 60 or 70 with salaries. So they essentially moved the rules down so all the people who were cheating were no longer cheating. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I don't know if you remember yeah. that or not. but it, 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 No, it, I do, yeah. Absolutely. It, so so we're sitting there. And again, we, we got money from the government. You know, we were open. I guess we, we should be happy. But you know what? We we got we got like a half of what if we were like everybody else would have got you know and there's law firms that are getting like five million bucks I mean like for God's sake I mean, I, and, and so there there is so much cash around in some areas Dan and yet you go in the grocery store and you see these older people looking at every single price and they just can't afford it and you know it's and you, and you see somebody who's, who's made his car work for twenty five years ago is look for a new one they want ten twenty percent over list or something. You, I mean, how much can we squeeze out of these people? I mean, I, I mean what yeah, are we doing? Yeah, I mean, and that's, I, you make a good point, too. And I, and I think the, 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 you know, kind of the message here about, about this is that as long as there are, there is still money out there that's willing to pay $700 for a hotel room, you know, then, then prices are going to stay high. It's, it's going to become less affordable to, to a larger and larger percentage of the population. And, and in time, hopefully, we see you know some evening out, and and we see some um, you know affordability. The affordability issue was there long before COVID, and the affordability issue is even larger now. But until all that money has been um, moved out or or spent, we're going to continue to have this inflation. And I believe inflation is going to be here for a while. I don't think it's going away. And it, we both have said this that as long as somebody's willing to pay $25 for that drink that was $10 two years ago, they're going to pay it and they're going to get it. Or, or a place that I had gone for an appetizer, uh, a new Lebanese place that opened, and just for an appetizer, $29 to go <laughs> just well, to try the food. So, well, Dan, you so those are prices that are that are that are prohibitive. Um, and you have to kind of put your, your if you're a value manager, especially, and, and you know, same thing with buying stocks at a high price and an over overvalued. You don't want to, you know. And I think it's gonna. There are going to be some shifts in consumers' behavior that are just starting to oh, happen. Oh, Dan, now. they're 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 there right now. They're yeah, right they're hap- now. they're happening now. But they're but there's the uh, companies have streamlined and are charging more. Like the airlines are a good example because. They're flying fewer flights, costing less money, paying fewer employees, but charging more on those they, flights and keeping them full. They got they got money from us, yes. now, and they went right back to overcharging in, in, in the cartel that they are. Yes, no but Dan, but you, yeah, no you question I, about. But you and I, you, you, you're talking, you're talking like an everyday American from ten years ago. All right. I mean, and, and so am I, Dan. But you know what, my buddy, that ship has sailed. It, it, it absolutely no sailed. I mean, you think that General Motors and Ford, they're not Henry Ford. I have to make a car that my people in my plant can afford. They would much rather sell 10% less cars at 20% more money. I mean, they, they can do the math. 
And if, if you, I mean, if you come to Chicago and, and you and I are, you know, we're, we're willing to go out and spend a buck to, to, to have a sit there and have an adult beverage with each other and have a couple of people over, you and I, you and I are going to go over to Ceres, and Ceres has now inched their way up where if you get a, you know, a Jack Daniels or something with a huge, huge thing they pour, it's going to be 10 or 11 bucks, you know, or something, uh, you know, maybe 12, I don't know, but the, the drink's like two other drinks. Neither one of us, and we're not, and neither one of us are hurting. We're not going to the Riverwalk and paying twenty five. We're going to say screw that. You and I have no no intention of paying twenty five for the same drink. Yeah, but yeah, some people, but some people, they don't seem to give a crap. So so what is, what do you and I have worked our whole life and done okay? Mm-hmm. We, who the hell are the people can afford it? We can't. Who are these people? And by the way, they're twenty five years old. Who's daddy's mm-hmm. giving them? I mean, I can't believe they're making that kind of dough. Maybe they are. I, I hope they are, but. I mean, this this world is totally different. It nope. is, yeah. Nope. I, I'm totally on the same page with you on this, and I, I totally agree. And and you know, we we worked our butts off during COVID. We didn't really take a break. We didn't get one penny from from any um, any PPP or, or or anything, and we just continued to operate. And we were working hard. And I I'm happy that we have because I think in our industry, you really can't skip a beat, or you're going to lose some new. You know, you're going to miss yeah. out on some important news or. You know a trend in the market and i think that's our responsibility as a essential uh employees or essential workers but i think the important thing is still looking at the inflation and that's what i'm really trying to draw attention to here that when you hear people saying it's starting to subside it's not and just what we've been talking about is proof of it on you know the main street level and on the day-to-day level and, and just you know getting your bills paid and seeing um you know, literally everything's still creeping up. So that we have to be careful not to listen to the stats or the or the well, Dan, re- heads. We got a dash here, Dan. But real quick, you know what's interesting that you say that because uh, from what I'm seeing is the actual rate of inflation is fairly low, but the price level is 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 the problem. I mean, it's, yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're, what you're saying is the prices are still going up. Yeah. Here, there. I don't know if that's happening so much here. It's just they're going up a little bit, but people are just recognizing that that's going to be the level for a while, and they're not going down, and that's horrific enough. Yeah, and 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 like you said earlier, I don't think there there's enough people that are not looking at the price tag because they either have the means to do it or because you know they you know they're doing it with credit or or whatever. But it's not. It it isn't good um, that this inflation. Uh, cycle is continuing, and we will continue to see. I, I'm, you know, very certain that the Fed will raise another 25, and rates will continue to go higher. Good news for us as income investors: we're going to get a lot more uh, better returns and, yeah. and more income and more yields in our fixed income investments. Dan, good talking to you. Maybe we'll try and squeeze you in a, another little bit next week because I have a couple questions that uh, you brought up earlier. I have a chance to go into it about. Uh, is the market really going to go down in a recession? If the Fed's willing to pour money in, I don't think it will. I don't think it will either, but yeah, sure, I'm around next week. Okay, buddy. SP Futures right, down 32, NASDAQ Futures down 125. Be right back, Mr. John Flanagan. 
How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market, along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and try to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm tomorrow. Andrew on the board. SP Futures down 32. Nasdaq Futures down 120. We've been here pretty much most of the morning. It hasn't really been bumping, bouncing around. Dow Futures down 182. That's even with IBM having some earnings. Uh, they're up a buck 33. It was like up almost five bucks last night. Everything else, well, not everything else. Just about everything else. The Dow is down. Got Travelers up eight cents and Procter Gamble up nine cents if you want to count that. But Goldman Sachs down 239. Got uh, Home Depot down a buck 81. Every, everything, uh, Microsoft down a buck ninety-seven. Tesla, which had earnings, is down a uh, fourteen twenty-seven now. So that's about eight percent. As their earnings were twenty percent less than last year. Uh, in Europe, they were down. See, well now they're down even more. DAX up one fifty-three. That's a full one percent. It was only down 0.7 an hour ago. Puts you down fifteen. They're hanging in there pretty good. That's only down two percent, point two percent. And the those were the guys. Yes, they had the bad CPI number that actually caused the market to turn down a little bit. Uh, CAC around down 38.5%. Over in Asia, 
Not much here in EK, up 50.2%. Hang Seng up 29.1%, call it even flat. Shanghai down 3, call that one flat. So Asia, not, not so much. Yesterday, Dow was down 79, S&P down 35 cents, NASDAQ up 3. So it was a snoozer yesterday, not much. Although we have been leaking up on the close, which indicates a little bit of mutual fund buying. Not a real lot, but some. Uh, bonds down 5 basis points, 3.55. One down 3 basis points, 2.46. Japan unchanged 0.47. We've got oil uh, down again 120.7796. Rent down 124.8188. Natural gas up two cents 225. We've got gold up 240, hanging above 2000 2009. Silver down two cents 25.35. Copper down four cents uh, at 403. We've got Bitcoin uh, down again 434. 28,846. Uh, so not above 30,000 like it was Monday. And we have the U.S. dollar. Uh, it's down a little bit, very little bit. I mean, I'd say uh, let's call it flat. Andrew, what do you got for us, Trevi Weather Sports? All right, it is 7:37 here in Chicago on April 20th. Starting off with sports and some baseball. Uh, last night, the Diamondbacks lost to the Cardinals, sending their game five to fourteen. The White Sox lost to the Phillies, sending their game five to two. But the Cubs won over the Athletics, sending their game. 12 to 2. Over to Phoenix, weather is currently 57 degrees, clear skies. They're going to have a high of 85 today. And here in Chicago, we're at 63 degrees, cloudy skies, going to go up to 78. We might have about a 20% chance of rain throughout the day and into the night, so not too high, but we may get a little bit. Over to Chicago traffic, uh, about the same as the first hour. Plenty, plenty of red, especially if you're coming in from the south side. Uh, that's going all the way from about 111th to downtown. Uh, it's a whole lot down there, but still no major accidents, just a lot of general traffic. Um, the only outbound street to note is the Eisenhower Expressway. Other than that, the outbound roads are looking pretty good. Uh, inbound, not as much. So that's all I got. Back to you. Do we have Mr. Flanagan? You do, Tom. Good morning. Mr. Flanagan, who again was a no-show last night, and, <laughs> and uh, his ears would be burning. There actually was pretty crowded last night because one of the guys had died. Uh, so we're toasting him. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, I met him a couple times. In- interesting cat. Well, he's feisty old Irish dudes that uh, one week he's telling me, yeah, I was in the hospital like two weeks ago. I don't know, they took out a half a lung. I don't know what the hell they did. They did something. Well, no, the guy died. So I mean, obviously there was something wrong with him. He's like, I don't know what the hell I did. All I know is I feel pretty good. I'm like, okay then, you know. But uh, he wasn't about to let it bother him. Uh, but one of the dudes, you're, were your ears burning? We're, we started talking about uh, one of these guys was, you know, very Irish, interested in his family. And I said, well, my buddy John Flanagan is very good at at digging back into the census, and he helped me out doing some of that stuff. So you're, we were talking about you, even though you weren't there. So guess what the guys tell me? It's great story. We get into something, I guess, more important here in a second, but. He said, yeah, I was in Ireland, like, not too long ago. I mean, these guys are always going back and forth. And uh, get, guess for what reason, John? You'll, you'll never guess. His, one of his long-lost great-great-uncles or somebody, named, named Lonigan or something, uh, at the, it must have been like 70 or 80 years ago, is involved in the fight, the IRA versus the other side, up in Galway which mm-hmm. I guess was one of the hotbeds of the, the actual fracas. Well, the guy gets caught with all these guns and all this stuff that he's, of course, running for the IRA. So they, they execute the dude, right, which isn't so good. Well, 
they go back, it's like the 80-year anniversary of the guy getting smoked by the Brits, and they have this huge celebration of life for the guy. <laughs> Family members from all over the world and all the people. I guess they had a huge shindig for this guy, the Brits executing this dude. I'm like, wow. I mean, I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't even know what to think about it. I never, I never even thought of something like that or heard of something like that, but evidently it happened. And maybe, I guess it's not the only one. Yeah, well, memories you know, tend to linger over there, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, well, that's the... What's the Irish in the nursing home? I hate that guy. I just don't remember why. I discovered some cousins of my mother's who she never knew. She didn't even know where her father was from because she was pretty young when he died. But I discovered where he was from. It's near from where my father's family is from. So I met these cousins by you know writing to towns and stuff and finding out about them. They stayed with this family, and they knew all about my mother's side of the family. Uh, her grandfather, the woman she married, and I think he married her in 1872, and they still were talking to this, to this day about how he should have never married that woman. <laughs> they, Why? None of these people I was talking to ever knew these people. You know, this happened 100 years and more before, but it's just, they, it talk, they were talking about it as if it just you know, happened the other day. Well, so if, if there were still any houses around, they'd be talking about, why did my dad marry that Italian girl? I mean, I... Oh, well... Maybe it's best they don't know some of these things and stuff. <laughs> God. Anyway, anyway uh, everybody was talking a little bit about the, uh, the last Saturday night episode, and I guess I didn't even realize that some people were were totally getting mugged on the sidewalk in a police car. Some uh, black lady tried to shag the police car down to break up these two people getting beat up, and uh, the police car just kept going. And she went right. over there. And she, she couldn't she, get any help. And yeah. she went over there and broke it up. I think we should find her and give her some kind of medal. And uh, I, you know, I don't. I'm all. I'm all for diversity, Jen. Uh, and, I, and I think last night I was driving home. Of course, the, the traffic is absolute gridlock, and there's no police anywhere. Finally, see a police car come by, and there's there's two ladies in there, and I'm going to say they. They couldn't have been five four. Now I'm not saying you can't you don't belong on the police force if you're not you know a six six guy. I mean I'm never going to say that, but I I can't imagine a six people beating up two people where two these two ladies pop out of there and can be effective without shooting or doing something. I mean I I'm not so sure two guys could be either. So, but I'm saying it. I mean I don't know who was in the. And my buddy Bill says there were four cops in that car, and they drove right by. He went to the lady trying to shag him down, and just let it all go on. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I know we reached that stage where if it gets to somewhere and the cops are getting beaten up, somebody pulls a gun, you're liable to get fired or prosecuted. But there's got to be some middle ground here someplace. I, I don't know. What, I don't, I'm not smart enough to know what it is. But yeah, that, that that's a viral video, and it, and it's all true. Yeah, I mean it's. And it's last week. It's not like it's five years ago that we've we've taken steps to fix it. The the mantra coming out of you know Lightfoot or Johnson too is that you know young people need an outlet. That you know the city should be available to everybody. You know they should be able to go anywhere and enjoy the city. And oh yeah, that sounds great. But I'll I'll, I'll tell you, Tom. I mean, I was downtown last September fifteenth or September sixteenth. It was September sixteenth, Mexican Independence Day. At the opera, and I came out of the opera house about ten thirty at night. And Wacker Drive, Washington, Madison, all the streets around there were total gridlock with cars that had gotten off the expressway, had flags waving, 
had taken over downtown and were hurling MAs and you know the firecrackers into the crowd coming out of the opera house who just wanted to get out and get a cab. There were no cabs. You couldn't, there were no police anywhere. No. And once once you say people have the right to enjoy the city wherever they want to go, enjoying the city, I guess now means that you can, you know, in effect, take it over for yeah. a large public party that can't be policed or anything else. And I don't, I don't buy that for one second. Nor should any thinking person. No, you don't. You don't really have, you have the right to do anything you want except bother somebody else. No, that that would be my hey, opinion. Tom, you know, I heard you talking to Dan about um, you know the PPP money and how <laughs> lush some people got because of that. I don't know if you've talked about it in other you know segments on the show, but did you hear about the uh, employees of the uh, clerk of the circuit court's office? Um, Forty-eight of them have either been fired or resigned for you know taking fraudulent loans. Including three supervisors out of Iris Martinez's. But, but they, they, did they have companies? Well, some of them have real estate businesses. Some of them have, have catering businesses. You know, they, but the thing is, Tom, those pe- people who were working for the circuit court all during the lockdowns were collecting a paycheck. Everything was done remotely by the judges. Yeah. If there was anything going on, these people still collected. Their full pay, as far as I know, I don't think there was ever. You know, they, they still have to. They still have to have uh, mask laws in the courts. Yeah, yeah. The guys none, were talking about last people, night. None of these people suffered by being employees of the clerk, clerk's office. They were all on full pay, although they weren't doing any work. This is the, the thing that's really rich to me about it. Yeah, but the only way you get a PPP loan is if you had employees. Well, a lot of these people have other businesses, apparently, okay. which you know, but. If you if you're getting paid by the county not to do a job, and you're supposedly full time with benefits and pensions and everything else, and you got businesses on the side that now you can also fund, you know, by filling out fraudulent loan papers, we got a really well, Janet, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you on this, and you're gonna you're gonna find it really strange that I do, uh, because you know it's not my personality. But if, if you lived in a little place like hometown, you know where that is, a little small community. And some, somebody, government or whoever, uh, in everybody's mailbox every day, everybody finds a $100 bill. And you know this is like a really bad policy because all of a sudden the price of houses are going up, the price of cars are going up, and you want to bitch about it as not being good policy. I'd be all with you, but the last thing you want to do is put a lock on your mailbox and not get the $100 bill because all of a sudden you're the only guy who can't afford the car when everybody else... I mean, I mean this this PPP and, you know, like I said, I, I we we were harmed dramatically. I mean, we, we couldn't have a customer in the place for two years, right? Not to mention the building was boarded up with the city. It's another issue, but... Uh, and I said we, we took a very minimum amount and... Uh, and you know, and we and we were harmed. I mean, so I it didn't it didn't re- remotely come up with the, the amount we were harmed because, what I'm saying is, it it was considered helicopter money, uh, Jan. If, if somebody this is, this is going to sound stupid coming from me because you know my mentality is totally different. If somebody decides to open up a helicopter in State and Madison and drop out ten thousand hundred dollar bills, uh, you got to catch one. Because somebody has just changed the your life, your wealth quotient. Somebody has just changed. Uh, you know, you you can't be the law firm uh, 
if the guy next door to you, even though they were working every day, gets fifty five million bucks and you don't, and all of a sudden the guy down the block says, you know, I'd really like to sell my law firm and you get outbid. You, you can't do that. I mean, it, it should never be like that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm stumbling. It's like you can't be the one, even though you and I both abhor the idea that people took their money overseas and didn't pay taxes, <clears throat> every drug company did, you can't be the one that didn't because all of a sudden the prices that go through the FDA are going to go up so much, you're the only person that can't afford it, and you're the next person getting bought out. It's That's why it should never happen in the first place, right? But you can't be the one that says, I, I, you know, I'm not going to take it. I mean, we, we know that on the honest side of it that there were, I'll use the perfect example, everybody got their garbage picked up, right? Yet garbage companies got the money as if people weren't working. They all were working. They all got the money. They, the, the people who did the waste waste hauling in Naperville never missed a day, did they? Nobody missed a day, nobody missed a paycheck, and yet they got a huge check. But it was considered to be helicopter money. It was, it, it was given to everybody, right? So, so now, if, if you weren't, if you didn't take it, you're the only person who can't afford a hotel downtown out of all the waste management companies. What, what shouldn't have happened, uh, John, is if you go through the list, and I'm just picking one out because it's so damn obvious, there's all kinds of alleged churches in there that got money. And at the end of the day, it says, how many employees? The, the answer is zero. At least. That's, that's what makes these yeah. loans, loans fraudulent. Yeah, well, yeah, well sure. You, you know, you, I, you know, I can see your point. that You don't want to be the one, you know, stoop who doesn't cash in on, on money that, you know, all you have to do is sign a piece of paper to get it. And whether you pay it off or not, that cares about that. But when you've got it coordinated in a county office where clearly these people were being chilled to do this and and a lot of it never ended up in the hands of, of a real business or their employees it didn't save anybody from well, I'll, I'll, I'll send you was a going l- to buy cars and pay yeah. out credit cards oh, sure. and everything else some some so, firms weren't harmed but they still john i can, I can name you five restaurants that and, and restaurants were different i mean believe it or not banks uh brokerage firms people like that were considered essential businesses and with that ecb thing you didn't get anything. All these other people got everything. Because if you were if you were partially shut down, I actually read the law. I swear to God, John, a guy who worked for the restaurant industry wrote it. If if you and I had a pizza place, okay, and uh, we had a bar with six people, and all of a sudden the bar got shut down because you know, the stools are more than six feet apart. So if we spread the tables out a little bit, or else put them in the parking lot, and uh, and oh by the way, we had a takeout. We could. I know a couple places, John. I'm not going to name them. That did fifty percent more business, the best years ever. Those years and got this money. But at least, at least those people, when I say those people, at least when you look at the thing, I'll send you the link. There's a list of every single place in Illinois that got money. There's like two hundred some thousand firms. It's huge. It, but there are firms that say, you know, John Flanagan's landscape. Okay, uh, twenty-five employees. You got the money. You paid your people. Maybe some people didn't want you coming over for COVID. Your revenue was down some. You got the money from the government. And 25 years later, you got 25 employees. Well, that's at least the way it was supposed to work. Now, whether or not, you know, your people still went and did the job or whatever, maybe some of it was gravy from heaven, but that's what the government wanted. They wanted you to get some gravy from heaven. I'm not saying I agreed with them, but but you look at somebody and said, Flanagan's landscape, 25 employees. Six months later, no employees. Well, now I got a problem. 
because you you the the game was so easy to play, and you didn't even you didn't even do that. And how how long did they not have any employees either? Tell I mean, none of this money ever was audited, right. or Targeted or even monitored. To, well, to, can you imagine you know, whether it was accomplishing anything? Can you imagine, but, Janet, but, today's world going and auditing all these churches that don't have anybody? They got all this money well, and that, never paid know, anybody. But if you don't, if you don't do that, Tom, then there's no point in giving the money. Well, I, <laughs> I'm just saying, would would you if you did that? Imagine what would happen for you. How racist you would be. How this, that, and the other thing. I mean, I, I can't even. Or if you went after a law firm, <laughs> good luck. I mean, well, here, it's yeah. just gone, and, and, and nobody, and nobody. It's just like the guy going through the red light. The cop doesn't want to pull him over. Nobody wants to go into these places and accuse these people. If, if somebody complains and it's egregious, I guess there's a little of that coming on. There's a little give back, okay? But because because when you when you fill out the form, to uh, there, there's two issues here. As you know, it was a loan, right? But if, if you forgivable, but if yeah. you if you played the game properly. Yeah, well, the, the, who did? Well, I mean, we did. I know. I'm not saying that everybody didn't. But I'm saying but if, if, if you, you did, did it right, like very few people have those kind of scruples. But but if, but if you if you did it right, you you absolutely had to had to if you wanted the thing forgiven, you had to say, this guy's on payroll. He was on payroll before. He's on payroll now, and he was on payroll during all. You had to name your. You had to do everything right. Now how how so if you didn't. You must have just lied like a rug all the way through of the course. thing. I mean, well, I, if, if you lied to get the money, you're going to lie to prevent having to pay it back too. So, it, 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 there's to, to me, I mean, that's bad enough. The whole concept of doing this, shutting down the, the place, the country in the first place was stupid. Rewarding people for staying at home was doubly stupid. But then you've got people working in county offices for taxpayers who have coordinated the effort to. Just drive up the cost of this. I mean, it was bad enough as it was, but it was made worse by people like these supervisors in the clerk's office, who were clearly just doing it for their friends or you know, a whole fraud industry, Tom, on the side. Well, sure, there was and, a lot of that. And, and the fact that they, in some of these cases, I don't know how many of them are being disciplined well, for, or sued. I mean, well, Jan, it's, for it's them great to be getting resigning or fired, for them fired. to be getting caught, it has to be so egregious it's scary. Well, I wonder. Well, I mean, it, but I mean, look, but look at look at the money. I mean, for all for all intents and purposes, now you know, as you know, I love the place. I've been here my whole life. I'm going to die here. I mean, it's just the way it is in Chicago. Um, you know, I'm, I'm like, what's his name's father in Superman? I can't leave the place, even though the planet's going to get hit by or whatever it was going to get hit by. I can't be. Uh, I'm, but yet, Chicago should be bankrupt. Yet, how much money did they get from the state to prop up the Lightfoot administration? Maybe even the one before. Oh no, it was Lightfoot it was COVID. And now this guy actually starting with some cash. The place should be bankrupt. They're doing the same stuff they did to make them bankrupt, but now they got money. How much did the state get? I mean, everything's, you know, Pritzker's got them back. He got a couple of bond things up. It's all money he got from the Fed. He didn't do anything. Did he? This money, this money is all top. over. Well, okay, but this money, the money was, I mean, we're talking about, you know, two and three trillion dollars. That's, that's like a lot of dough. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you and I could buy a few beers with that. I mean, for God's sake, we're, we're not talking about you know fifty bucks here and there. I mean, it's, I mean, it's going to take. If we had kids, it would be. It's going to be their lifetime paying this off. They don't even know. Well, the that. attitude, Thomas. Who cares about them? They're they're not here now. I'm never going to have to worry about them. I'll never know who they are. Yeah, this is the attitude I'm telling you. But I mean, I, I just, I, I'm. 
the little stuff, and, and I the, the thing that I, I constantly am ragging about on the show is the, is the total incompetency. I mean, I tr- drove home last night, and I left early, and it took me like, you know, whatever. Every street is gridlocked. W- w- because this thing on the Kennedy started right after the, the burn interchange, John, it's going to be, if, if they're on time, it's 11 and a half years of not being able to drive in the city. Damn near. I mean, what, who, who makes these decisions? How, how can they never be fired? How can they, how, how can nobody ever be, be brought to, what are you doing? I mean, if I, if I was the new mayor tomorrow morning, somehow I'd get up at the crack of dawn, which I do anyway, I'd, I'd pick your ass up. Well, you'd go with me. You don't want to go with me. I'd get down to the opposite end of the Kennedy, and at 8 o'clock I'd start driving in as long as it was. I'd be driving. I'd have you with a camera because you know how to work it better than me. If there weren't 300 people working on the Kennedy, I'd shut it down. If it's the usual crap like the thing down here, 25 people, we don't care if it takes seven and a half years, I'd say get those, get those medians out of there, patch, patch up whatever you tore apart, and we're going out for bid again because whoever's doing this next time is going to have 500 to 1,000 people working on this, and he's going to knock it off in two months, not three years. I would stop that in a second. Nobody would want, nobody would want me as mayor. I'd stop everything. This is insanity, Chad. Well, the traffic around my neighborhood here is, you know, historically terrible. Yeah. Now, I live right off of Elston, which is, you know, a street parallel well, to the Kennedy. Yeah, you can't when even. The Kennedy becomes a gridlock. Everybody gets well, off and goes out of Elston. Clybourne, take one over. Clybourne, Lincoln, all the same way. All the same way. And, and you know, what this does for businesses, what this does for, for transportation, what this does for tempers. Yeah, I mean, I, I just oh. think, I think you know. Well, there, if there was a cop, a pressure cooker where you don't need it. If there was a if if there, plus, there's it. not a policeman anywhere. I mean, hey, I did oh. want to a- ask you, uh, what happens? I mean, is the city still sending the same tax bill to the board of trade building, expecting to get a check or a one seventy five, or are they in total denial that they're? I mean, what what do you suppose they end up? Collecting this year versus five years ago is it going to be a well? There probably probably you know several appeals filed, and you know this has got the ongoing process. When it's clear that the cash flow can't justify, you know, the, the tax bill that they've received because there's a, there's that kind of revenue being produced, um, and it will be adjusted. Maybe it will take some time for this to pan well, out. Okay, but be we don't have much time. But answer me this: uh, they send me the, the normal bill for four hundred grand. Okay, my place is. 20% occupied. Do I send them 50 and appeal the rest or are they expecting me to send the whole 400 and we'll fight about it for two years and maybe get something back? I don't have the 400. Well, you can you know, make a partial payment and file the appeal. Um, you'll owe interest on it if the appeal is denied. So, I mean, if I were the county, I would be perfectly okay with, with that kind of a situation. Get something because you're lucky anybody's You'll send it in a bill these days when they see it. Well, our, but, our small you know, building here, when I say small, it's 12 stories, and you know we love it here. We love the people. Uh, I'm going to say, Jan, and I'm not supposed to know this, but I hear really grapevine, that their tax bill in the last 15 years is like triple. Yep. And now now there's probably four floors empty, which means there's eight full, which are doing better than anybody else. I, I don't see how they pay this year's bill. I mean, how could you? No, and you know this. Multiply that by well, you can pick any number practically. 
of any building that is primarily office space or maybe has one or two retail establishments trying to like add to the pot. But you, there's hundreds and hundreds, thousands of properties that are in this boat now, just in Cook County. Well, I'm going to say the retail yep. establishments on the first floor. If you look at 175, that's that's what's killing them, not having CVS, not having there's a nothing. barbershop, not having the bar. The bar. I mean, it, that's got to be more more valuable property than the offices are, isn't it? Yep. And I see it even in out in the neighborhoods, Tom, of you know storefronts that have been occupied, liquor stores or mini marts or whatever, since I can remember. I noticed just this spring they're vacant. Um, it looks like they've you know been vacant for a while. I just haven't noticed it, maybe. But but there's really been a shakeout because I can see exactly what happened. Those buildings had to up their rents because they, their tax bills yeah. are backing them up against the wall. The, the tenants don't have this kind of money. They don't have that kind of cash flow. So they either move or shut down. They have no other options. Well, John, you're not, we're not, our job is not to be come on your air and be chicken a little. Yeah, our, our, but I think what we're both trying to say is we have this issue, and if we keep having people in office that just keep sending these bills out thinking they're going to get the check or wondering why they don't, I think there needs to be some kind of a solution here. You don't, you don't know your center fielder broke broke his leg the night before and still expect him to show up and play center field. I mean, you're not going to get anywhere with that one. I mean, you no. you've got to find a way to get him to the orthopedic guy, and maybe six months from now he can play center field again. You got you got to recognize the problem. You got to fix it. You can't just hey, where's Joe? Well, Joe's got a broken leg. Yeah, but why isn't he out in the center field? Because he can't move, you idiot. I mean, I mean, that's how I feel. These guys are acting. Am I wrong? No, and I was disappointed to see our county assessor, Fritz Kagey, who was front and center at Brandon Johnson headquarters the night of the election, crowing about what how great it will be to have this guy in City Hall. And I fear that these two are working on the same side. So that doesn't make me feel too good. Oh, God. John, we'll talk at you. Uh, maybe I'll see you one of these days. Uh, SP Futures down 30, NASDAQ Futures down 121. You know, if you go out to... Out to San Francisco, you can head over to Oakley, you probably get in a ball game. There's not a whole lot of people there. <laughs> Hell, I could move in there, Tom. <laughs> they wouldn't even know. Okay. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow with Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. CairoMed. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.